Welcome to the Faith, Health, and Home Digital Podcast. I am your host, Makeba Giles. Here we share information and resources for physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being to help families live an inspired lifestyle and encourage healthy living. Thank you for joining us. There was a time when men's sexual problems got all the attention, but those days are now over. Women's sexual health has been making headlines lately, but there's still much more that women need to know. Joining me today to talk about women's sexual health issues and resources to address those issues is Brooke Fox, Clinical Director of the Women's Institute for Sexual Health. Welcome, Brooke. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Now, Brooke, first let's talk about the current shift in attitudes towards women's sexual health. What are you seeing happening, and why has it taken so long to discuss these issues? That's an excellent question. So Viagra was approved in the late 90, or the late, yeah, 1998. And um, after that, a huge sexual revolution occurred in the realm of men's sexuality, and we continue to see advertisements and all sorts of information out there for men to enhance their sexual functioning. Um, and it wasn't until just recently, in the past few years, that we have acquired some FDA-approved treatment options for uh, comparable conditions in women, specifically with sex drive and painful intercourse. And the tricky thing is that for men's sexuality, when we're talking about things such as erectile dysfunction, it's a very um, objective, visible change that occurs with men. With women, most of our sexual complaints are very subjective, and it's hard to measure and to visualize. And because of that, a lot of critics like to say that these conditions don't exist. And I beg to differ. I mean, if you uh, spend a few minutes in my clinic, you'll see women are very distressed. I see women of all walks of life that have um, really bothersome sexual complaints that impact every facet of their lives, anywhere from libido, arousal, orgasm, and even sexual pain. Wow. Now, uh, what role do you feel, um, if any, that mass media and social media have played in these shifts in attitudes and, and more awareness in discussing women's sexual health over the years? That's another great question. I think that women are uh, oftentimes uncomfortable discussing intimate matters such as this. So social media provides us an outlet to discuss uh, any type of sexual or intimate matter from a safe standpoint. You know, going in and speaking face-to-face, even to a medical provider, can be very intimidating. But if you can address an issue from the comfort of your own home, maybe even behind a computer, I think that that allows for a little bit more of a facilitation of um, and a potentially uncomfortable conversation. Yes, and um, another little known fact is that these issues actually do affect women of all ages. Now, um, what are mm-hmm. some of the most common sexual issues for women at various stages of their life? Yeah, so sexual dysfunction in women encompasses issues related to sexual desire, arousal and orgasm, and painful intercourse. And I see women, once again, from all walks of life, but also all age categories, anywhere from 18 all the way up to 90 to 100. And uh, certain changes certainly become more prevalent with different age categories. For instance, you know, younger women that may be on long-term birth control pills or that are breastfeeding may have some sexual pain disorders. But then again, women after menopause, you know, three to five years after menopause may start to develop changes to the vaginal tissue that can lead to moderate to severe dyspareunia or painful intercourse. And um, these conditions can be chronic and progressive, which means they only worsen over time without treatment. 
And unfortunately, many women don't recognize that this is something that's related to uh, menopause. They think about menopause as hot flashes and night sweats, but they don't realize that the changes that are occurring <clears throat> are due to loss of estrogen that directly impacts the vaginal tissue's you know, ability to be elastic and lubricate, which can have a, a detrimental effect on comfortable sex. Sensitive information to know. And can you tell us what are some of the available treatment options and resources for these issues? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's lots of options now. Uh, we're certainly not completely on even playing field with men at this point, but we have uh, uh, non-hormonal options for libido. We have non-hormonal options for painful intercourse after menopause. Uh, and we also have a variety of other off-label treatments. But what I tell patients is that, you know, you can put a Band-Aid on the situation. And if you have a very mild symptom, let's take, for instance, uh, painful intercourse after menopause, if, uh, if a woman has just kind of mild symptoms, maybe some dryness, a lubricant may actually help her. But if it's beyond that and it's true pain and it's moderate to severe, in that circumstance, pharmaceutical intervention may be helpful. And it's not always hormones that have to be utilized. There are non-hormonal options that can be utilized to enhance vaginal tissue integrity, which can subsequently help sexual functioning. That is good to know and actually reassuring, too, for women who may be going through those issues. And lastly, Brooke, what final tips do you have for women who may be experiencing sexual health issues and where can they go for more information? Tips that I would recommend is to speak up and not be afraid to openly address these issues with their medical provider. Even if their medical provider is not familiar with ways to treat them, they should be able to help uh, find resources. And if they aren't receiving the information that they need, find a second opinion. There are a couple of really great resources. One of those is PainfulSexAfterMenopause.com. And the second one is ISWISH, which is the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health. And that's ISWISH.org. And that's a great resource where uh, medical providers as well as the general public can find local resources for uh, providers that are interested in treating sexual complaints in women. Thank you so much for that. And for more information and resources on women's sexual health, um, definitely visit www.painfulsexofdaysofcourse.com or um, iwish.org and definitely talk to your medical provider for more information as well. Thank you so much, Brooke. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for tuning in to the Faith, Health, and Home digital podcast. For transcripts of this episode and others, visit our website at faithhealthandhome.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Thank you again for joining us.